back, everyone, to a Rock and Ramble podcast. You're here with your host, Andrea. And Victoria. And we are back for another week of Rockin' and Ramblin'. And this episode, we're going to be talking about the one and only White Snake. Here I go again on my own. Before we get into what is White Snake, um, something that I did not know that maybe you knew, Victoria, and probably our listeners already knew this, but something that I was like, what? <laughs> is that David Coverdale, the singer of White Snake? Was this the lead singer of the band Deep Purple? Whoa! What? <laughs> um, he wow. was the lead singer. Yeah, he wasn't the original lead singer of Deep Purple, but he did sing for them from '73 until their breakup in '90 or '76. Um, yeah. So was he? He didn't. He oh, didn't okay. do that one. No. Okay. Um, that was I believe the guy's Before? name was Ian Gillen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, the time that he had in that band led to his career as a solo artist, and then ultimately to the formation of his band, Whitesnake. So mm-hmm. after Coverdale left Deep Purple, he released two solo albums. One was called, the first one was called White Snake, two separate words, White Snake, and North Winds. Those were the two mm-hmm. albums. Neither album achieved much success, but before North Winds was even released, he had already formed this new band, and he was wanting basically to have like it be him and then like a backing band. And mm. this band that he formed included Bernie Marsden and Mickey Moody. Mm. Um, so I don't know if you Recognize. recognize those names, but yeah, I <laughs> know. Um, yeah, Bernie Marsden and Mickey Moody. And then he basically they were in that backing band. And then he decided to form just like say hey we should just do like a band band right Mm -hmm. um and so the original lineup was david coverdale on vocals and he was a songwriter bernie marsden guitar and songwriter mickey moody was on guitar neil murray was on bass david dowell was on drums and john lord was on keyboards and john lord was formerly of deep purple as well okay and you'll see like a couple of members of deep purple came in and played with him in white snake for a little bit so the first thing they did is they released an EP called Snake Bites, or I'm sorry, Snake Bite, not plural, Snake Bite. <laughs> and they had, at that point, they had already had at least two personal changes in the band. So mm. he already had like a couple of people come through the band, like you're in the band, then you're not in the band. You're mm-hmm. in the band. So even if you recorded it and oh. like, you wouldn't be the one out there playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something, <laughs> that is a theme that we're going to see in White Snake. It is insane we'll talk about that in a little bit but just the turnover in white snake is the most i've seen in any band that we've done so far (laughs) so white snake released their first full length studio album trouble in 1978 and it only took 10 days to record and mix which i thought was pretty fast (laughs) Uh, compared to some of the other stuff that we had seen and then in 79 they had their second album love hunter which um, they both albums did okay, but like nothing mm-hmm. crazy good. Um, White Snake started gaining widespread recognition with the release of their third album called Ready and Willing. And this was the first album to feature Ian, and I hope I'm saying this right, Ian Pace on drums. Mm-hmm. And he was also from Deep Purple. So now oh, okay. you have two, you have Ian Pace 
and you have John Lord, who were from Deep Purple that are now playing in White Snake with former Deep Purple singer David Coverdale. So, mm. <laughs> uh, so from there, the the singles on that album were "Full for Your Loving," or "Full for mm. Your Loving." And mm. what's interesting about that song. <laughs> This, this band is so weird, <laughs> but I like all these facts. I'm like, they just come out of left field. So full for your loving was written by white snake for blues legend, BB King. Whoa. Like, what? <laughs> so the they wrote way it with that, the intention of giving it to him, of giving it to him. Yes. Wow. Exactly. And the way that that That's happened is that Bernie Marsden had interviewed BB King and at the end of end of the interview king challenged white snake to write a song for him he's like hey y'all should write me a song and they're like okay and so they did and then they recorded and cut the demo but then when they were listening to it they were like damn this is good <laughs> they're like uh we're just gonna keep this and so they didn't give it to him they just kept it and um it it, it was a big hit for them so that was full for your loving cool. and then yeah. Um, also on that that album, the, th- the third album was "Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City" and "Mistreated." Um, f- their fourth studio album was released in 1981 called "Come and Get It," and that one had "Don't Break My Heart Again" and "Would I Lie to You." Again, no like crazy, crazy success mm-hmm. yet. Um, fifth album, "Saints and Sinners," released in 1982. Their singles were Crying in the Rain and Here I Go Again. So now That's, we're kind of getting into yeah. it. But not not super, super yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so at this point, tensions were already running high in the band. And David Coverdale decided to put it on hold for a minute because he just wasn't happy with the way that it was sounding. He wanted it to go kind of in a different direction. And so Bernie Marsden quit the band and he said that according to this is kind of like um who are we talking about like van halen where you said there's just like a lot of he said she said that's very much what's going on here too because according to bernie marsden he said that what actually happened was that the remaining members of the band after he quit the remaining members of the band were called to a meeting and they were basically told that they were out of the band (sighs) and so they're no longer in white snake and only Mickey Moody stayed, and that was only for another year, right? Mm-hmm. So then in 1983, Whitesnake recorded and released its sixth studio album, Slide It In. I don't know if you mm-hmm. can see a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> so Moody quit the band, and he was replaced by John Sykes. Does that sound familiar? From Thin Lizzy? Yes! Yes, John Sykes was formerly of Thin Lizzy. And so it was around this time that Coverdale changed his look to be more in line with that of the hair metal glam band look. Because yeah. before he had like brunette hair, um, like, I mean, he didn't look bad, but he really, yeah, I mean, he dyed his hair blonde. He started dressing more like a rock star and like, you know, the tight clothing and like yeah. really putting on the air of a rock star. Mm-hmm. And he said that he felt that the change was necessary when competing with the likes of John Bon Jovi. But <laughs> when I, I heard that interview, in, in his interview and I was just like, well, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, he's a good looking dude, this David Coverdale. But 
I mean, really, there's no competition yeah. when it comes to John Bon Jovi, so he should have just, like, quit right there. JK. But, uh, so moving on. I mean, everyone release... needs someone to aspire to, right? Everyone needs someone. <laughs> I just... Look, I don't know if you've realized this yet, but we kind of put John Bon Jovi up on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so White Snake released their seventh studio album. It's self-titled, so White Snake. Um, in 1987. So people also called this album 1987. Now, this is the one that totally was like a game changer for White Snake. You had Still of the Night, Is This Love, Give Me All Your Love, Crying in the Rain, which was re-recorded and added to the album, and Here I Go Again. Again, re-recorded and added to the album. Um, so we'll get more into those in a little bit, but uh, Still of the Night is probably my favorite white snake song mm. and it was not until i was researching this um the band that mm. i kind of realized oh that's why i might <laughs> maybe that's why i like it so much so if you listen to still in the night it is i mean it it's just a really really good song and it got a lot of flack from fans for being a Led Zeppelin ripoff. <laughs> and I never put that together. And then I read that and I went back and listened to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that is definitely like you can just hear like the, the way that he he emulates Robert Plant whenever because mm-hmm. Robert Plant has like a very distinct. Yeah. When he's singing, he kind of like moans into the song and mm-hmm. like oh you know yeah um and it's so cool and it sounds so good <laughs> yeah and but it, he it makes that work for sure yeah he really does and so but david coverdale does that and still of the night and then it kind of goes and you can even hear it in like the guitars and and the they have like a string section that goes and it it does sound really really good but now whenever i hear it i'm like oh yeah that is like very very led zeppelin-esque yeah Still I wonder, love it. Like, it's still one of my favorites. I'm sure it happens a lot, and I'm yeah. sure there's always different intentions, oh, yeah. like harmless tons. or not. But it, it's got to be crazy to like, you know. I, and I don't know his, you know, side of the story. I guess, but mm-hmm. if you are so inspired by a band and listen to them, and you want to emulate, mm-hmm. it's got to be a little bit hard sometimes, unless you're trying to sound like that and going for that audience or something, which is kind of shitty of them. But if and you not, do- it's like, oh, but I just love that sound and I want to do something like that. And I don't know. That's yeah. got to be tricky. And I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of artists do it like subconsciously, too. Yeah. And they think they're like coming up with something original, but really they've mm-hmm. been so, um, so inspired by another band. But he did say that he, especially when he was in Deep Purple, you know, they were inspired by uh, Led Zeppelin and he did ad- admit, yes. I was inspired by them, but he doesn't, he doesn't see like what people were calling like the blatant plagiarism. Mm. He, he doesn't acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. So, um, moving on to the eighth album, they have, again, with these names, Slip of the Tongue, uh, (laughs) is their eighth album released in 1989, uh, full for... Full for Your Loving was re-recorded and added to that one. Now You're Gone and The Deeper the Love. Mm-hmm. So at this time, they had they took basically like an eight-year hiatus. So mm. from 89 to 1997. And in 1997, 
David Coverdale released an album. The album is called David Coverdale and White Snake. So kind of like, again, with the backing yeah. band type thing. But it's also known as Restless Heart. So um, just wait. Restless Heart is also... It's not that. Oh, I was like, song. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that your parents' like wedding song? Yeah. Or, um, yeah. That's when I'll stop loving you. Or that's yeah. It's just, that's just the album. Oh, uh, the okay. name of the album. Yeah, I was like, not whoa, the song. whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I know. I thought of that. I was like, oh no, it's different. Um, so just to, to list off, so from 1997 to basically 2019, they've had, uh, Good To Be Bad, which was their 10th album in 2008, Forevermore in 2011, The Purple Album in 2015, and then most recently, Flesh and Blood in 2019. Oh um, really, in my eyes, the most notable album that White Snake has released was in 1987, their self-titled album. Oh. And this is- so... Sorry, what? Go ahead. A quick ahead. side note. I just yeah. realized I used the melody of the Restless Heart song, but I gave you the lyrics of an NSYNC song. <laughs> what NSYNC- did you say? <laughs> the NSYNC song is That's When I'll Stop Loving You, but the Restless Heart song, song is I'll Still Be Loving You. <laughs> oh, but I sang I it to the Restless Heart it. melody, but I had the NSYNC word <laughs> instead. That's a good so matchup. You should be a DJ. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, that's funny. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> so I was like, that um, sounds wrong. I'm pretty sure I just sang in sync, so I looked it up, and yeah, I did. <laughs> so getting into some just general facts about the band. David Coverdale, I, in my eyes, I don't think he ever really wanted, like, a band band, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think he really just wanted to be, like, a solo act with a backing band, and then, like, producers probably pushed him to mm. create this band. So he named the band as a euphemism. Can you guess <laughs> what it is? Because <laughs> I never, ever, ever gave it a thought. And maybe that's just because I have a very pure mind. <laughs> <laughs> but that is one of the very first things that came up. The pure part will never see it. The pure part. <laughs> And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then good for you. You're, <laughs> you're pure of heart. Yeah. But if you do, if you know, you know. Got a huge so. big toe. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, in those really tight pants, it's an aptly named band. And that's as far as oh. we'll go. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, he says it. He said that's, that's what he named the band. Like, it's not just, like, what people think. Like, that is literally... He was like, yep, that's that's the band name. And I don't know if you know this. He's British. Um, oh, I didn't David know Coverdale. That. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like I said, he basically, to me, just wanted to be, like, a solo artist with a backing band. And here's why I think that. Because through the years, since its inception, Whitesnake has had roughly 40 different members in the band. Gosh. And that is way more than any other band yeah, for that sure. we've covered. And it was just like always turnover and I think a lot of that was like him just kind of searching for the right sound and mm-hmm. like okay, well now I want it to sound like this, so I'm going to get these guys and it was always really really good mus- musicians. Um but he was the only constant from the band. But some of the members that 
have played in White Snake included uh, Vivian Campbell, who was from Dio and then Def Leppard, and mm-hmm. we talked about him when we did the Def Leppard episode. Uh, Steve Vai, I don't know if you remember that name, formerly of the David Lee Roth band. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I didn't look into David Lee Roth's band too much, honestly, because so, okay. some of that was a little. Well, Steve Vai, so I mean, weird. I. That name sounds really familiar, and so I kind of did a little, just like a miny little my, research on him, and yeah. my miny, a uh, little research on him, and he just like really, really good guitar player. So um, you think it was more of the sound he was searching, not like egos or not getting no. along or anything or like that? I mean, it, I think there was a lot of that also, but I think it was more of like he was looking for specific sounds from specific artists because he also had, um, or he almost had Michael Schenker, who was in the Scorpion or Scorpions. Uh-huh. He was, I recognize um, that. Yeah, Rudolph Schenker's little brother, and he was the one that was in UFO, but Michael never actually joined the band. Um, so I don't think that it was so much egos and it might have also had to do with like the partying lifestyle because from what i could tell david coverdale wasn't like i mean he was into like the whole sex drug and rock and roll and but that wasn't like an overwhelming thing for him i don't think he ever really got too caught up in that Mm -hmm. um i don't think he was like a heavy drinker or drug user from what i could tell Mm -hmm. um and so i think a lot of that like he would see some of the guys that he's working with like partying and being crazy and he was like yeah it was a lot of fun but it wasn't professional and it wasn't going anywhere and so he would Mm. fire them from the band and then bring somebody else on stuff like that okay so yeah so he has been married so i'm just going to kind of focus on him since he's kind of the only constant in white snake um so david coverdale has been married three times and he has two children uh in 1989 he married his second wife tawny katane and she is the one who appeared in several of the mu- music videos for White Snake, including "Is This Love," "Still of the Night," and is most iconically, uh, yes, I know. Uh, most iconically, "Here I Go Again." Mm-hmm. And so she is the one that is seen like gracefully dancing on cartwheeling across two parked Jaguar hoods in this like long flowy white dress. And she's got the beautiful big red hair. And what's interesting about that video is that Tawny Katane was not actually supposed to be in the video. Hmm. And I never knew that she wasn't originally cast for it. The original girl was guest jeans model, Claudia Schiffer, who was also, like, knockout beautiful. Yeah, that name sounds familiar, too. I'm going to look her up. Yeah, she was beautiful. I know who that is. And she was supposed to be the one. She was actually cast to do the video, but it fell through, Mm. like, very last minute. And David Coverdale was actually on his way to dinner with Tawny Katane when he was called by the video director saying that they had to find somebody new and they needed needed to have him come in. And so he went to the meeting and he brought Tawny with him and the director, like he opened the door and didn't even like say hi to Tawny. He was like, you're the girl. And she's like, I'm what girl? (laughs) He's like, you're the girl. You're going to be in the video. And David's like, no, 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 this is, this is my friend. And it's funny when he tells the story, it's like, this is my friend. And when she tells the story, she's like, well, he was my boyfriend. So I was like, yeah, I'll do the music video. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Typical. So, no. But, yeah, so 
she was like, yeah, totally. Because she was an actress at the time. And uh, she had already been on... She In high school, she had dated... Um, I forget his name, but he was he went on to be in Rat. And so she had already been on a few cover albums for Rat. Um, mm. And then she was like, well, I did that. And she had already turned down, like, some music videos because she didn't really... She was, like, wanting to pursue acting. But then since this is her boyfriend and he was in Spot of Trouble, she needed... You know, she was like, yeah, totally, I'll do it. And it was, like, life-changing for her, obviously. So she gets cast for it and... What's funny also about this is that they brought in Paula Abdul to work with her Ooh. and give her pointers on how to dance and move and show her some moves. But Katain, she had been a gymnast all her life. And so there was like Paula Abdul was like, I don't like there's really nothing for me to show her. <laughs> and it's because she already knew like what to do. And wow. so you, when you watch her, and especially knowing that now mm-hmm. and you rewatch the video, you're like, wow, that's like a really controlled cartwheel mm-hmm. and like flip. And she does like the kicks and everything. Mm-hmm. And everything is like really composed. And so I was like, yeah, that makes sense that she was. And I think she, she even said in an interview, she was like, yeah, they brought in Paula Abdul, but I already knew how to do all that stuff. So I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I know how to do this. God. And Paula like, Abdul, like at that time, oh, she was like so highly sought after and for like dance and stuff. I mean, she had her own music career. Yeah. I know that. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm sure she, but... she helped her out and stuff, but it was just funny that Abdul, like, Paula Abdul was like, um, I don't, I think she's good. Wow. You guys like, That's I think she's cool. good to go. <laughs> yeah. So Tawny Katane and David Coverdale, they did get married. Uh, they were only married for like two years. And then... That was, I think it was like 89 to 91. And then in 1997, she married Los Angeles Angels pitcher Chuck Finley. And the only reason I'm including this is because in 2002, she was arrested for spousal abuse. And the story goes that they were driving home and she reportedly was like kicking him in the face with her stiletto heels while they were driving home. And... The thing, I mean, obviously I don't condone violence in any way. However, I am very impressed that at the age of 41, she was able to get her leg up and, like, kick him in the face (laughs) while in the car because I don't think I could, like, even do that now. (laughs) I'm only 33. And I'm just like, dang. And I also saw a video of her doing cartwheels, like, right before she turned 50, and legitimately, I tried to do a cartwheel maybe like a year ago. I can't do them anymore. I don't know. Like, I, I well, physically cannot so do a know, cartwheel. <laughs> I never could. So. <laughs> I never could do a cartwheel. I have, like, kind of not aged because I haven't gotten any better or worse. <laughs> I haven't gotten worse, though. Yeah. yeah. But isn't, I mean, that's pretty totally good joking, for, like, guys. an almost 50-year-old. Yeah. That's, I that's really cool. I mean... Also, I'm just thinking It's not of cool us to, like, like, kick your husband in the face while he's driving, no. but, like, that fact that she could, like, get her leg up there, yeah. I was really impressed by that. Just well, I'm just, like, I, I was thinking of, <laughs> you're talking about the video, and I'm like, man, you know, that was, came out so long ago, and me and you being in, like, 2006, watching the video, like, golly, why can't we be like that? <laughs> right? No, when we totally, like, <laughs> we're much closer to it than we are now. <laughs> Well, not even that, just like, 
it had nothing remember, to do with like what was like you know cooler around uh-oh. when we were in you know high school and we're watching these videos <laughs> that's what like, we were aspiring to i want to look like that <laughs> i want to be like that. i want the big hair <laughs> what well i remember in college when we lived in the met so this is probably like our senior year of college and I really wanted to have, you and I really wanted to have a themed party. Oh, yeah. But you know how, like, most college parties, it's like, I don't know, like, bros and hoes and, like, <laughs> or golf pros and, like. Yeah, I, I know, know what you're talking about. Putt putt hoes. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Putt putt hoes. I don't know. I never went to those parties. I was never invited to those parties, so I have no idea. Um, anyway, but our, our idea of a, of a cool themed party was like, uh, 80s video music videos. Like we could all dress up like we're from an 80s music video. And I remember telling you, I was like, oh, I really want to be Dottie Katane. Like I could just dress up like her. And I'm kind of glad that that never happened because I don't want to see what my version of Dottie Katane was. I would not have wanted to see those pictures (laughs) for sure of us. It'd be fun memories, maybe, but wouldn't maybe. want to look back. <laughs> I probably would have broken my leg after, like, getting pretty drunk and, like, trying to dance on a car or something. Oh, God. I for sure probably would have tried to do something like that because I know, yeah. or you, you already know I'm competitive, and I know there's been several times where I'm like, let's race or, like, something stupid. And so I imagine I would be like, oh, I could try this. And if I can't the do a cartwheel sober, I don't think I could do it drunk. Uh, she passed away just about a year ago. On May seventh yeah. of twenty twenty one, she was fifty nine, and her oh, wow. uh, cause That's of death young. was heart disease. Oh, yeah. so this isn't in order, but I I put it in here because I thought it was a like crazy thing to happen to him. So before the seventh album, that nineteen eighty seven self titled album came out, mm-hmm. Coverdale was in like really three million dollars of debt. No, like. How do you get into $3 million of debt? I know it's probably a lot easier today, but like in 1987, that's a lot of money. And so he was kind of like in this make or break it situation. And then he released the White Snake released that seventh album. And he went from being totally in debt to just having like millions of dollars in the bank. Like after that, because that album was so successful. And I was like, what a life that must be. <laughs> That's crazy. You don't have to worry. Like, he just, I mean, he might, he probably was worrying quite a bit, but, um, and I think it was around that time that he, like, had developed, like, a really serious sinus infection. He couldn't sing for, like, eight months, and he was saying, like, oh, it's, it's my voice. Like, I can't do it. And then John Sykes, who was recording with him, was, like, I think he was just, like, too nervous. He was, he's just, like, really mm. in his head about it, and he couldn't get it together to do it. So, again, he yeah. said, she said type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, another thing that was interesting about the, um, in the still of the night, whenever people were saying, like, oh, that's blatant plagiarism from Led Zeppelin, um, he, David Coverdale actually recorded an album with Led Zeppelin's Jimmy Page wow. in 1993. Yeah, so they worked together in 1993, and I guess that didn't make Robert Plant very happy because he had always, he had started referring to David Coverdale as David Cover Version, like, Ooh. in public. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and from yeah. Robert Plant, of all people, I know. that's got to hurt. I was like, oh, that's a, like, that's got to sting. But I was like, oh, well, you know, I, I yeah. could see both sides of it. So, and I'm, 
I'm not gonna let it take away from the song because I still really really do like that song yeah a lot he did a great Led Zeppelin song (laughs) he did a great Led Zeppelin cover but I'm also I mean but yeah we're huge fans of Led Zeppelin so I think probably subconsciously I was just like ooh, I like this one (laughs) yeah you know drawn to it because yeah so that pretty much wraps up White Snake unless you had anything to add on them um no not really. I mean, the music video yeah. and us just watching it, like, with awe in our eyes is probably the Something else about the music video, like, I went back and rewatched them recently, and they're, I mean, it's basically, like, flashes to mm-hmm. and from, right? And it's, like, flashes of her on the car and then flashes of them together. And there's a lot of reckless driving. And <laughs> that was... <laughs> There's a lot of reckless driving, and so whenever she got arrested for, like, kicking her husband in the head, I was like, oh my gosh. She was also doing, like, not that stuff, but she was, like, kissing on and, like, hugging on David Coverdale in the car, and there was a lot of reckless driving there, too. So she doesn't have a good track record with that, but she's going to say that. Oh, you crap. So. <laughs> okay, so this brings us to our one-hit wonder spotlight, and our... On this episode, I I was having a hard time coming up with a one-hit wonder, and then I heard this on the radio, and I was like, oh, that's the one. And so it's Knock on Wood. Like, better knock on wood. wood. Yeah. It's like really heavy. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. I know. So the song was originally written and performed by Eddie Floyd in... 1966, 1967, and it did do very well on its own, but then it was covered by, like, a lot of artists, most notably by Amy Stewart, who recorded Mm -hmm. it, like, this disco version, Mm -hmm. and that's, like, where it gained most of its success and notoriety, and I watched the video for it, and it's, like, a crazy video. Like, if you were on (laughs) LSD watching this video, you would probably like it a lot, Uh, but it's, like, her... In a headdress, like she kind of looks like she should be on a Vegas Broadway show in like the eighties and yeah. or seventies, and then it's like every time she turns, it's like layers, like multicolor layers oh. of her, and like she's dancing, and just like I mean, good for you, girl, but uh, definitely don't watch it if you have like underlying epilepsy issues or something. <laughs> <laughs> but. Listen. That is our episode for today. Listen in every Wednesday. We have new podcasts. You can reach us at Rock and Ramble. So there's a D on there. Rock and Ramble Podcast at gmail.com. You can Google us, uh, Rock and Ramble Podcast. Uh, but yeah, go on there, like us. You can rate us on uh, Spotify and let us know how we're doing. We'd love to hear from you guys. So until next Wednesday, rock out and ramble on. Bye.